Hey there, welcome to the Money, Sex, Power podcast. I'm your host, Denitha Doe. This podcast is dedicated to sharing my journey as a wealthy woman. You can think of it as my money diary. I am granting you access to a few pages within my money diary so you can see how I as a wealthy woman think, how I approach money, how I approach life, what is inspiring me, what is giving me pause, where I am looking to expand as a wealthy woman. And I thought I would do this because I personally love hearing from other wealthy women. I seek out interviews and any content I can get my hands on to see how a wealthy woman thinks, how she approaches her own business, how she approaches life. And I thought I would do the same for all of you wonderful listeners, wonderful fans. If you have been tuning into the Money, Sex, Power podcast, I'm excited that you are still listening in. You'll notice that this format is a little bit different than my previous episodes, which I did allude to in the last two episodes. This episode is going to be dedicated to constructing my identity as a wealthy woman. I know from talking to girlfriends and listening to other women that at various points in our life, I believe we go through an identity crisis. I know I have had moments like that in my life. And for the most part, we talk about identity crisis as it, uh, well, first of all, we use crisis. And I don't believe it always has to be a crisis that ushers in a new identity. I don't believe we always have to have a dark night of the soul where we reevaluate areas of our life and how we want to move forward, perhaps differently or in a more expansive way. I firmly believe that we can do that evaluation without hitting the proverbial rock bottom. With that said, oftentimes that reevaluation does occur when we've encountered a dark night of the soul or some sort of existential crisis has occurred. I imagine that the pandemic has been something like that for many folks, perhaps for you listening, where you've reevaluated areas, aspects of your life, because collectively we were in a crisis situation. Um, Other times when this reevaluation may occur is the midlife crisis that is quite popular. That term is quite popular. Uh, There's also the quarter life crisis. And for me as a wealthy woman, I have, I should say, for me, my journey of being a wealthy woman has been an intentional identity construction. I like to think of the quote that Oprah often shares that spirit, God, soul, whatever, universe, whatever word you want to put to it, will give us clues that, hey, it may be time to reevaluate some things in your life. And it will first do that by hitting you with a pebble. And then if you don't listen to the pebble, then it'll hit you with a larger rock. And then eventually it's this huge boulder, which is the crisis moment, the dark night of the soul moment. And I am firmly committed to hearing listening to that call when the pebble first hits me. I don't want to wait until the boulder comes along. I want to be so tuned in, so keen to my spirit, my connection to my intuition, that I hear the call when the pebble first arrives. And in reflecting on my life, I have had many years of where I've done that. I've certainly experienced dark nights of the soul, crisis moments, but I've also been someone that, for instance, journals, I've kept a journal since the age of six, seven, um, on a more or less consistent basis. And so I've always had a keen connection to my intuition and have made decisions 
during times when everything seemed to be fine on the surface, but something just fell off and I went with that little nudge. And I'm so glad I did, even if it didn't quite make sense in the moment. And so to give myself credit, I have been practicing that for quite a while. However, now that I have more information, which we all get as we get older, we become more wise, hopefully all of us do become more wise. Now I know how to do, how to make those decisions with more intentionality. When I was younger, I was listening to that pebble, that little nudge and, and going with my intuition without really knowing why, but now I have more of self-knowledge. I believe there's three levels within someone's life. There's self-awareness, so being aware of when that nudge is happening, and sometimes someone listens to that nudge, that pebble, sometimes they don't, but being self-aware is one step. There are a lot of folks, actually, that are not self-aware. I was just talking to my girlfriend about that, Um, but there's self-awareness, And then there's self-knowledge, though. And that was the bridge that I feel I have now crossed compared to my younger years. I had a lot of self-awareness growing up, but not a lot of self-knowledge. And so now I'm always learning more about myself, but I feel now that I've I've really filled that cup of self-knowledge. And then the next step is self-mastery, which is where I'm at now. It's the I have my one foot in self-knowledge, one foot in self-mastery and um, doing the inner work to bridge that too so I can fully move into self-mastery. All that to say that today's episode on the new moon in Taurus, these episodes drop every new and full moon, depending on when you hear this podcast, whenever you listen to it, it may or may not be the new moon, but it will be released on the new moon in Taurus. And Taurus is exciting. All new moons are exciting. New moons are about setting intentions, new beginnings. And this new moon though in Taurus though is especially delightful because the moon is exalted when it's in the sign of Taurus. It feels most at home in Taurus. Taurus is about play and sensual pleasures. It's about being grounded, connected with the earth, and the moon feels home there. And so this is a powerful moon for that reason. Additionally, as this new moon comes in, a couple of days later, the planet Jupiter will enter the sign of Pisces. And Jupiter is a planet about expansion. So if if you're someone that's into planetary magic and working with planetary magic uh, to attract abundance, manifest money, Jupiter is one of those planets that I turn to often for that. And its energy, the reason why is because its energy is expansive. And when it's in Pisces, it's especially um, potent because... Jupiter brings with it a lot of optimism. Pisces is very, very fluid. It it welcomes Jupiter in a very potent way. So Jupiter is moving into Pisces and I am feeling that energy quite strongly. It's a very creative time for me. And, um, And I remember the last time this occurred, my understanding is that the last time this occurred was in 2010, 2011. And at that time, I was reflecting on that time, looking back at my old diaries. And I was living in a ski town, Mammoth Lakes in California. And that time period was an incredibly joyful, abundant time period for me. I had recently gotten a pay raise. I had gotten a new job. I had moved from working the front desk at a condo hotel into the accounting department, which was awesome because I had a degree in economics. I wanted to be in the accounting field and I finally had that opportunity. And so I got a pay raise. I went from making $10.62 an hour to making 18 bucks an hour in this accounting job. 
I had also just gotten my first like big girl apartment. I had had my own place before, but this apartment was was big. It had um, the complex itself had hot tubs and a pool. My apartment was fairly large. It had a really nice pellet stove. And if you're someone that knows about living in ski resorts, having a pellet stove is like top class because it gets really cold. So you do want um, a great heating source. Central air, central heating though can be really expensive. So most folks go with like a fire situation, a fire, wood fire situation, but I'm not someone that enjoys making a fire at all, especially when you wake up in the morning and it's below freezing and you've got to make the fire to warm up the place while you're super cold. So a pellet stove, though, is like having a fireplace. It has that like warm, cozy vibe look to it. However, it's super easy to turn on. You can actually like in my apartment, I could set it just like central heating where you can have it on a timer or have it kick on if it dropped below a certain temperature. My apartment was great. It was so dope. And I was so proud of myself because I just come through a pretty tough financial period. It was after the 08 crisis, 2008 crisis. I couldn't really find a job. That story is for a whole other day. My point though is that 2010 to 2011, all of these amazing things were happening. That's when my now fiance and I first started dating. Um, I had had that apartment that I just described. And then I moved into a two bedroom condo in the hotel that I had first worked at. So when I first moved to Mammoth, I worked at this condo hotel at the front desk. And then that 2010, 2011 period, I actually moved into one of those really fancy condo hotels that I used to work at. And so it was such a full circle moment that period. I felt really in my body during that time. Everything was just moving with ease and grace. And I I wasn't trying to impress anyone. I was just really in my zone and loving life. I was in nature and it was incredible. So that was the last time Jupiter was in Pisces. And so we're entering that season again. And I'm feeling that same way in my body that I did then. And, and to my point earlier about having self-awareness, now having self-knowledge, during that 2010, 2011 period, I had self-awareness. I knew, for instance, to go for that job, even though I didn't feel like I had all of the qualifications met, but I ended up getting it. I also took a leap of faith and got that two-bedroom condo, even though I wasn't sure. I got that condo before, uh, no, actually the first condo I got before I had gotten that pay raise. So I got this expensive place before I had gotten that new job in accounting, but I did it all because it felt right. And then after that, the two bedroom condo hotel became an opportunity. Everything was just moving so easily. I was also teaching dance at the time while also having my job in accounting. So I felt like my right and left brain <laughs> were being nourished with my analytical job, but then also my creative expression through dance. It was awesome. So I was aware of all of this happening, but I didn't know why I was making those decisions. And now I have both self-awareness and self-knowledge going into this season. And it's, it's really exciting. It's, uh, you know, it's not to say that I can predict the future, but it's just nice knowing what the energies are doing. And I can make decisions from a place of conviction now. Um, it feels really, really great. And that is the energy that this podcast episode is being released under. We've got the new moon in Taurus, and then a couple days later, Jupiter will enter Pisces. And this episode, as I mentioned, is going to be about constructing my identity as a wealthy woman. I'm sharing it because I hope that it's helpful to you on your journey as well. Before I dive into all of that, 
I do want to share some updates. So I will be sharing insights into my life in some of these episodes, just so you can get to know me a little bit better. I'm not on social media. I left social media towards the during the summer of 2020. And I, I'm only on YouTube, LinkedIn, but I don't really consider that social media. <laughs> I do post on there, but it's nothing personal. It's all business uh, type things. Or on YouTube, I do share like money mindset videos and, uh, and some other creative projects that I'm going to share here in a second. But I don't have a social media where I share updates about my life. Therefore, I am going to share some updates about my life on this podcast so you can get to know me a little bit better. I know some of you have been asking about that, and I'm now in a place where I am ready to share some things about my life. I I do love being private, but I will open up some of my life. Since the last episode, I want to start there. What has transpired since the last episode? So the last episode, I was going off on white women and they are I I ended that episode saying that it's completely hopeless having any solidarity sisterhood with white women and it's interesting once I reached that place of acceptance because it really was accepting finally accepting the truth of the fact that white women do not care about equality. And and you can listen to, if you haven't already listened to all my episodes about why that is. And it did require me coming to a place of acceptance, which if you are familiar with the stages of grief, that is where I arrived, finally arrived. I was in denial for most of my life. And then I was in the bargaining stage trying to say, oh, it's not all white women. You know, some of them were really trying. And it was the universe was just giving me sign after sign after sign that, Danita, you just need to give this up. Get on with your life. They're hopeless. They're going to sink your ship if you keep trying to carry this dead weight. And so I finally listened. I finally got it, you know, intellectually. I may have been there, but I hadn't let that sink into my body. So it finally sunk into my body. And oh my goodness, I have to tell you, once I finally reached that stage of acceptance, it was like all this creative energy just opened up within me. I didn't realize how much of a block it was before then. Um, And I would say the whole phase, the whole grief phase had blocks, had introduced blocks into my life. The denial, denying that white women were violent and toxic, that also blocked me from creativity. Trying to reason with white women blocked my creativity. When I finally accepted that there is no hope, there is no reconciliation, I felt such an expansive opening in my chest and all of these creative juices just started percolating. And so that has been um, what's transpired for me since this last episode, this burst of creativity. And it's so perfect because the timing is perfect. It's auspicious. It's just as spring is really coming into bloom. It's the place where I'm currently at is just lush. It's like an enchant. My girlfriend says, it's like you're in an enchanted forest. It's so amazing, the timing of all of this. And so that's what's transpired for me Um, since that last episode. It has been marvelous. A quick life update. I mentioned the place that I'm currently living in. So for those that listen to me on this podcast but aren't familiar, but you may not be on my newsletter list, you may not know that since August of 2020, my fiance and I have been Airbnb hopping. We've been living a nomadic lifestyle. So he he is a data analyst for a tech company. And when COVID came to the United States, 
everyone started working remote and they have been working remote this whole time and they'll be working remote indefinitely. I have been remote self-employed for many, many years. And so when he realized, when we both realized that this was going to be indefinite, we both decided to end our lease in the Bay Area. We were living in Oakland specifically, Oakland, Emeryville. And we decided to end our lease and live in a different Airbnb every 30 days. So every month we're in a new Airbnb. We sold some of our stuff. We put some of it in a small storage locker. And then we've uh, piled up our car with clothes, you know, things we would need. And we've been Airbnb hopping. It has been so amazing. By the time we hit a full year, which will be August 2021, we will have been in 10 states. We started off in Bend, Oregon, which is where we got engaged in 2019. Bend has a special place in both of our hearts. Then we went to St. George, Utah. That was awesome. We stayed right outside of Zion National Park. Incredible. If you haven't been, you must go. Utah is gorgeous. Then we went to Sedona, Arizona. Specifically, we stayed in Cottonwood. In Cottonwood was nice because it was removed from Sedona. Sedona, we would have had to have stayed in a like a smaller condo. Since we were in Cottonwood, we got to stay in this huge house. It was a barn that was converted into a home. It has like four bedrooms on a really quiet property. So that was great. We were there for a couple months. Then we moved to Vegas, which was much different than all the other places. But it it was it was cool. We we both have decided that wasn't our favorite spot, but it was neat being back in a city type of vibe. And then from, <clears throat> from Vegas, we went to Reno, Nevada. Super awesome. It's Reno is near Tahoe, and we were able to do a lot of snowshoeing. My fiance did um, a lot of snowboarding and, and, my fiance and I met in Mammoth, another ski resort. So it's always fun for us to go back to a ski resort. And we were there for a couple months. And now we're in the state of Washington. And we've been to Washington before. We've been to Seattle. But this is the town that we're currently in is remote. It's rural. It's got less than 20,000 people that live here. We're on this farmland. In fact, our neighbor um, the property right next to us has llamas, so we get to see llamas every day. There are sheep there. When we walk around the surrounding area, it's so lush. The backyard, I wish you could see it, but when we look out our backyard, it's just so much greenery, and we can see the lake, and then there are bunnies everywhere. <laughs> There's so many bunnies. We go on a walk. My fiance and I go on a walk almost every evening. And on our walks in this area, we see no less than five bunnies every time. Probably closer to 10 bunnies. They are so adorable. Oh, I love bunnies. And uh, yeah, so there's so much wildlife here. So beautiful. I'll include some photos showcasing the area on the money on moneyandmimosas.com. So this podcast, you're listening to it audio form, you're perhaps listening to it, you know, Apple Spotify or on YouTube, I post it there. I also post it on moneyandmimosas.com in an article form. So I'll include photos there if you want to see some photos. And this whole experience has been so amazing. And we have our places booked through August and We'll continue doing this for the foreseeable future. We don't know what we'll do after August, but um, that's a, a quick life update. It's been fantastic. I highly recommend living long-term in an Airbnb, maybe not as long as we have, but maybe you know 30 days at a time. It's really great to be in a new spot. And we've been, it's, it's actually much safer COVID-19 wise than if we had stayed in the Bay Area because we're going to places where we don't know anyone. We're in these remote rural towns for the most part. And, and we're driving everywhere. We aren't flying. 
And so it's been really safe and uh, it's been great to see nature, be in nature and, and see the rest of the country. Really, really blessed to be able to do that. So that's a quick life update on the business and my art update. Yes, I am an artist. I can't wait to share what I'm coming out with. But on the business front, Money and Mimosas, which is my virtual classroom of my money philosophy, moneymmosas.com. I launched it in 2014. I'll go into its whole history in another episode. That um, Money and Mimosas has been my heart and soul since 2014. And it has been a reflection of my evolution as a woman. I am incredibly proud of where it is today and how unapologetically it is a representation of my viewpoint on money. And Money and Mimosas has continued to grow, even though I'm not on social media. It's actually grown more since I haven't been on social media. Last month, our readership was up 24.4%. Really exciting. We've revamped some of the content and now focuses on alternative investing, money mindset, so the link between mental health and financial health, and then also financial wellness, what that means, how to practice it, how to boost your financial health. If you want to take a quiz to see where your money mindset is, whether it's a scarcity or an abundant mindset, I currently have a quiz up on moneymmosis.com so you can see where your mental health is as it relates to money, your money mindset is, and, and you can get some tips on how to nurture a healthy money mindset. The paid membership portion of Money Mimosas is on Patreon. There are three membership levels. Two of them are, well, one of them is sold out, Money Mystics. I will reopen that in January of 2022. Wealthy Women is another one, another tier that I'll open in January of 2022. The one that is currently open is Money Makers. And that has been steadily growing. It's been great to share my deeper insights into my philosophy on money within that group. It's $20 a month and it focuses, well, first there, as soon as you join, there are over 15 in-depth trainings on business development, on creating solid a solid financial foundation. It's particularly geared towards freelancers, um, but we do have some non-freelancers in the group. But it's mostly for freelancers and, and folks that are looking to start a business, oftentimes a coaching business, but it can be anything. And, and then weekly, I share money mindset exercises. So every Monday, an exercise goes out for the members to practice throughout the week to nurture an abundant money mindset, a healthy money mindset. And the exercises are focused on self-confidence because my money philosophy is grounded in two, two guiding principles. Principle one is financial freedom is a journey of self-love. And principle two, that your self-worth directly impacts your net worth. And so self-confidence is a big piece of nurturing a healthy, abundant money mindset. And so those weekly exercises are geared towards that. So that's been great seeing that grow as well, connecting with some of the members in there. I do have new events that are coming out now. If you go to moneymmosis.com, I have events on how to transform your middle-class money mindset because, goodness, that has been a lesson I've had to learn Growing up middle class is great. However, it does create a ceiling within your own mind. I at least found that to be true for me. And so there is a class on that. And then there's other upcoming classes on astrology and, and I believe confidence as well. But you can go to moneymmosis.com for all that info. Another update, I also released my first Vibe video. 
So every season I'm now releasing a vibe video and it's like a spiff off of a music video. I'm not a singer, so you'll never see me singing, (laughs) but I love, like many people, I love watching music videos and I've always wanted to incorporate that artistic expression into my work as a writer, as a blogger. Therefore, I came up with the concept vibe video, of course, keeping with the alliterations, Denitha Doe, Money and Mimosas, Wealthy Women. Uh, (laughs) So this vibe video was released for spring. It's the spring vibe video. And the theme is pleasure. If you haven't already checked that out, be sure to check that out. And I'll include the links in the the show notes. It's also on the article in the article on moneyandmimosas.com. And then the summer vibe video will come out in June. I'm thinking the solstice, somewhere around there. Also, my first book on financial wellness was released. So I do a lot of work with corporate America. I spoke at Google, Postmates, a bunch of companies. And so this first book is geared towards corporate America, particularly HR, DEI folks. It's the connection between financial health and mental health. The title is Financial Wellness in the Workplace. In my opinion, it's a great book. Um, You can see it's on Amazon. You can buy it there. You can go to denithadoe.com. It's also there. And to go along with that, I'm releasing content on medium.com that's geared towards corporate America folks. So if you are listening to this and you work a traditional job, whether that's a tech company, media company, and you have an HR department, perhaps you yourself are in HR, people in culture, DEI, look out for my content that will be released on medium.com where I will have articles about the connection between financial health and mental health. And also I have experts that I've invited on to interview to talk about the connection between financial health and mental health. I've got licensed mental health therapists, um, licensed mental health practitioners rather, and some folks that are doing some really interesting work on brain health and the connection between finances and our brain health. On the artistic side, I alluded that I am an artist. I am, I am, I'm owning that identity. I am releasing my first collection of poetry. It is a will be Reflections of a Wealthy Woman. That's not the title. I won't say the title until it's released. It will come out this summer. And I'm super excited about that. I, as a writer, I started by writing poetry and I'm looking forward to getting back to my roots and releasing that first collection. That will come out this summer. I will be sure to update you when it does. And now I want to dive into constructing the identity of a wealthy woman, what that process has been for me, and perhaps it will be a guiding light for you. First, I want to start with my definition of a wealthy woman. So I define a wealthy woman as someone who is financially thriving, fully in her power, and fully self-expressed. There are a lot of folks that on paper are doing well financially, but I wouldn't necessarily say they're financially thriving because they're not enjoying the way that they make money. They don't feel that they are fully self-expressed and perhaps they may not be fully in their power. So that is why I have that definition of a wealthy woman. And for me, being fully self-expressed, part of that involves expressing myself as an artist. So I would say that, um, you know, I just shared that I'm releasing my first collection of poetry. The reason why I'm doing that is it, it really doesn't matter to me if they sell or not. That's not the point. The point is that everything that I do is about self-expression. It's about self-love. It's about shining my brightest light. And so 
releasing that collection of poetry and the future collections, that all has to do with being fully self-expressed. So that's what I mean, if that's at all confusing, what I mean by fully self-expressed. Financially thriving, for me, this journey of being a wealthy woman, there have been many points in this journey as an entrepreneur where I've made good money, decent money, but it wasn't in a way where I felt like I was thriving. Um, When I first started my business, I was doing bookkeeping for small businesses. And while that was cool, I was really tied to my desk. I was tied to having meetings at certain times with clients. And I just felt like I had created another box for me to be in. I had gone into owning a business because I didn't want to work a traditional job. And I felt like I had just created a traditional job for myself. And therefore, over this time period of being an entrepreneur, I have had to learn what does financially thriving mean to me. A big part of that is having complete control over my time. That's my definition of success is being able to have complete control over my time. Therefore, the way I make money has to somehow has to allow for that. Otherwise, I will not be successful. Not only will I not feel successful, I simply won't be successful according to my own definition and and I won't be financially thriving. So I've had to learn that I am a I love multiple income streams. They talk about that all the time. You should have multiple income streams. I got why that is for me, not simply because of the pragmatic having different ways of making money in case one dries up, you've got another, yada, 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 yada. But for me, it also is because I'm very creative. I like variety. And to feel like I'm thriving, I like to have a lot of things going on. And so um, that's why multiple income streams are, has been my experience of being financially successful, thriving financially. Also, it's a way for me to be able to be project-based with clients. I, I do work with some corporate clients. I occasionally will take on private clients, um, not often, but, uh, or not that many, I should say. I'm usually booked um, because I don't take on that many private clients, but I do that because I want to have complete control over my time while also maintaining multiple income streams. And that allows me to earn money in a way that's in alignment with how I work best, what makes me want to get up in the morning and create new content and also be able to enjoy life, take afternoons off so I can go on a hike or go on a bike ride, all of those things. And then beyond that, so there's the multiple income streams. That's all about being financially, thriving financially. The fully in my power and fully self-expressed has been what I've been working on intentionally as of late. And those have come in three main categories. One is appearance two is my life philosophy, and then three is who am I becoming or unbecoming. So I'll start with the appearance piece because that has been something I've been intentionally um, focused on. And (laughs) I can already hear some people thinking like, well, why are you objectifying yourself? Isn't that what being an empowered woman is all about? That it's not about your appearance, it's about your brains, blah, blah, blah. Sure, that may be the case for some people. I personally love to look good. I have no qualms with saying that I am vain. I, I love having dewy skin, thick, luscious, long hair. I love looking good. That is, that's... That's me. That's my MO. So intentionally focusing on my appearance has included really understanding what clothes look good on my body, really dialing in on my skincare routine, my hair care routine, and and understanding what makeup looks good on me. So for my body clothes, I've realized I am an inverted triangle. I came across this fantastic YouTube channel. 
Let me see if I can pull it up. I'll include it in my show notes for sure. This woman focuses specifically on dark skin women, um, deep tone women. Other brown skin women can get a lot of value from her videos as well. But her, it's called Coco Styling is the YouTube channel. It is amazing. And one of her videos went through the different body types. And I had no idea prior to this that I was an inverted triangle. I always knew I had an athletic body type. I knew my shoulders were a little bit more broad than my hips. But I have an actual body type. It's called inverted triangle. And that has been so helpful in determining what clothes look best on my body. And I've landed on this Caribbean island girl, 90s bohemian type of vibe. It's a whole mix. It's a whole blend. But basically picture crop top with flowy pants. I'll include... Will I include a link to a couple of, I'll include a link to one of my outfits. Yeah. In the article. So you can see what I'm talking about. And that has been, I already felt comfortable in it, but now I like know this information again, self-awareness, self-knowledge. Now that I know exactly how to dress my body, it's been so affirming and I just feel so much more in my power um, more confident in expressing myself creatively when it comes to fashion. It's been fantastic. So that's the body, the clothes, all those things. Um, then my complexion and skin tone. So I have deep complexion with warm undertones. Oftentimes, I, I remember realizing folks would assume I was cool undertones simply because I have a deeper skin tone, like I'm I'm dark chocolate, and they would think, oh, you must have cool undertones. And I always thought that was weird because I I would look at myself and I would know say no, I, I have warm undertones. You're just assuming because you don't know anything about dark chocolate. Uh, so anyway, so that's my complexion. And skin tone, I did a test to actually test to see, like you look at the color of your veins and some other things to get your undertones. I'll try to find that video as well. It may also be on Coco Styling, but I'll try to find that video and include it um, in case you're wondering what your undertones are. That has been great to figure out my makeup. And, and I'm not someone that likes to wear a ton of makeup. I, I love being natural. I do want to emphasize my eyes more going forward, but for right now, I am focused on perfecting my lip color. So I found this vlogger, Andrea Renee, who focuses on deeper skin tones, and she's got all these amazing videos on nude lip colors for deeper skin tone women. I'll include one of her videos as well. She's been really helpful in um, helping me navigate which lip color I want. I'm still perfecting it. I got, I did buy the Mented Nude, Barely Nude color. That one's okay. I want to, I want to find a lip pencil to pair with it. I haven't quite nailed the lip pencil yet that I want. And then I do want to top it with a lip gloss. I have a lip gloss that's like a rosy brown, like a mauve that I'm leaning towards, but it's not quite it yet. But that's the, the look that I want. It's like a nude with like mauve rose to it because that's my natural lip color. And I want it to basically be my lips, but better. That's what I want my lip color to be. So that's what I'm working on now. Um, my hair routine has been so much fun figuring out what that is. I won't go into all the detail in this video because, or in this podcast episode, because it's quite a bit, but I've figured out my wash day routine. I have 4B natural hair and it has been so much fun. My friend has been helping me figure out what products work best for me. What I've found is that avocado, not the actual avocado, because those actually 
get chunky in my hair and it's hard to rinse out, but products that have avocado in it and products that have aloe vera in it. I do use the aloe vera plant on my scalp. That has been awesome. Uh, Avocado oil works really well with my hair. And yes, I'll go, I'll do a whole, uh, let me know if you want to learn more about my hair routine. And then my skin skincare routine, oh, this has been so much fun as well. Figuring out I have a six-step process, morning and night, and same deal. Avocado works really well with my skin. I, I'm loving this brand, Glow Recipe. They've been awesome. And I started doing the derma roller, the microderma roller, with my serum at night. Well, I do the derma roller once a week. And then I pair it with the serum that I use at night. And that has just done wonders for my skin. Amazing. So much fun. And then, so that's my appearance. Body type, clothes, complexion, hair routine, skin routine. My life philosophy is the other area that I've been constructing And my life philosophy, I am an island gal at heart. I am a beach bunny. (laughs) I like things to be easeful and graceful. I don't, I don't need much. I do need nice things though. I definitely need luxuries, but it doesn't need to be a lot of things. I, the things that I do have have to be high quality, but it doesn't need to be a lot. And I prefer an easeful life. That doesn't mean I don't expect to work hard or for things to always be easy, but easeful. I don't want any anxiety with my life. If if that starts to arise within me, I know that that path, whatever I'm considering, is not for me. If I start to feel anxious about something, which is different from stress, I, I know that that isn't for me. So that's been my life philosophy. I can, it's almost like a thermometer test, a gauge to see, a litmus test, if you will, to see, okay, is this for me? Is this not for me? Is it going to be easeful, graceful? Great. Let's continue. If it's not, okay, that's a sign. It's not for me. And And that's been really helpful in all aspects of my life, having that foundational approach figured out so that I can apply it to all areas, whether that's my definition of friendships, the boundaries I set with family, my money philosophy ties into that. So constructing my philosophy to life has been a huge part of my journey as a wealthy woman. And then last, how do I want to expand? What am I unbecoming or becoming as a wealthy woman is a question that I frequently ask myself. I realized that, or for some people rather, they ask themselves this question maybe on New Year's. And and I think it's necessary to ask yourself this question. At least for me, I found it helpful to do it more than just once a year. And, and actually, the springtime is a great time to do it, working with the cycles of nature. That's when things are in bloom. And, and I feel like I often come into bloom in spring, and then summer, it's like va-va-boom. And so I, I'm consistently asking myself that question. And as of late, what I am landing on is being more cultured. I want to be more knowledgeable about... Well, like with the the body types, that type of information, more significant things, knowing about different kinds of teas, specifically green teas, that's something I've been diving into, um, learning about different cuisines and their origins. As, as a Jamaican, we have a lot of blending in our cuisines that I grew up with. And so I want to learn more about um, different cultures in that way. I am learning more languages. I grew up speaking, I didn't grow up speaking Spanish, but I grew up in school taking Spanish, studied it through college. I would say my 
reading comprehension is like a college level in Spanish. Writing is high school, maybe like 10th grade. Conversational, I can hear, I can comprehend better than I can speak. I don't feel confident in my speaking. I'd probably put myself at like junior high level with my speaking and the extent of my vocabulary. And so that's what I'm focusing on now is my conversational Spanish. I've been working on that for a little bit. And then I'm going to move on to the next language, which will be French. I, I certainly am not to the level I am in Spanish. So that will be the next language that I focus on once I start to feel more comfortable and confident with Spanish. I found a program that I'm going to test out. Once I test it out, and if it's something I like, I'll, I'll share it. And uh, yeah, that is what I am focused on. And also music. I'm expanding my music palette. I've been listening to more jazz music, more futuristic R&B. I'll include uh, links to some of the artists I've been checking out if you want to check those out. And uh, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. It's definitely felt easeful, graceful, exciting expanding my mind, expanding what's possible, uh, looking at art and art meaning like jazz music, futuristic R&B, languages. I feel that communication is an art style that has been so uplifting and has infused me with even more optimism than I've already had. And I'm someone who has optimism for days. So that has been quite fun as of late, asking myself, what am I becoming? And these are the answers that are popping up for me. And that is what I've been doing in terms of reconstructing or not reconstructing, constructing my identity as a wealthy woman. If you are a white woman that has consumed this content, you can compensate me for my presence by sending a payment to my Venmo. My Venmo is at Denitha Doe. D-A-N-E-T-H-A-D-O-E. And anyone who wants to check out more of my work, you can head on over to moneymimosas.com. Thanks so much for listening. Be on the lookout for future episodes. They drop every new and full moon. Until next time. <laughs>